welcome back to the Go For Two podcast. I'm Liam, your host, and this is our week one review. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, who is a very happy Eagles fan today. It's Patrick. Patrick, mate, how are you doing? Uh, nice week one dub. Yeah, yeah, feeling good. Nice to always get on the board, isn't it? No matter how you get there in the end, a lot of points scored <laughs> in that game. But yeah, amazing week overall. Just glad to be back, right? Yeah, week one was nuts, I think. Um, the slate was pretty good before we started, wasn't it? And I think the drama lived up to it. We'll talk about it a bit more, but I think the uh, some of the offences that we thought were going to be good did not look good, but we'll talk about them <laughs> throughout the day. But I still think the drama overall was pretty good. And uh, as always, NFL kickers decided to help us uh, help us create as much drama as humanly possible. Um, plan for today, we're going to review all of uh, all of week one. Um, we're not going to preview Thursday night because we're hopefully going to be able to get a podcast in Wednesday. So we're going to uh, avoid talking about any future games. We're just going to focus on week one. Um, crazy week in general. Chiefs and Eagles are now going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> so we're happy. We've booked our tickets to uh, to Glendale. But yeah, very fun week. Um, in terms of the week overall, it's the second most amount of underdogs that have ever won in week one or covered the spread, I should say, actually, in week one. Um, so loads of underdogs. Uh, loads of ones are covered, but unfortunately, mate, we did pick a lot of favourites in our predictions. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> scores on the doors are so far one game to go, which I said Seattle plus six, you said Broncos minus six. Uh, I have seven points at 16, you have five. <laughs> oh my word, five! So, the only games you got right were Texans plus eight, Dolphins minus three, Ravens minus seven, Chiefs minus four, and Vikings plus one. Dear me, that is... You had your Raiders plus three, Titans minus five. These are the the worst ones. You had Eagles minus four, which is a bad beat. Um, Bengals minus six, 49ers minus seven, Panthers minus two. So, yeah, basically the first five on the sheet, me and you both got wrong. (laughs) And then I got a little bit of luck. And you did say you'd be regretting picking the Bengals. And uh, Yeah, yeah. That was the first one of the day that I got right. I don't think got. Oh yeah, we only had two points in the early windows between us. <laughs> oh my god! At one, po- at one point, and that was because of the uh, Steelers for me that helped me out, and then the Dolphins obviously gave you a point. So yeah, pretty poor start. Um, one game to go, so we'll see how that ends. But I just think that kind of sums up, doesn't it, what a mental week one was. I think in terms of like favourites losing, offenses being worse than we thought, bad teams managing to score more points than we thought. I just think. It was all a bit all over the place, wasn't it, at times in that early window? Yeah, it was. I mean, um, the first hour, it kind of if you was kind of watching a game and red zone at the same time or just watching red zone, the first hour of red zone, you're actually thinking, God, this is actually quite bad. Just all around. It just was yeah. awful. But it's just fun to have it there. But then after the kind of the first hour, it really picked up, didn't it? And then obviously loads of close games in the end. But yeah, some strange performances and when you work all summer and then you look like that, that you always think someone's job's already on the line in a week <laughs> or past six on the, the first evening. Quarter seven on Sunday, week one, I'm looking at first coach fired, yeah, offensive coordinators to leave. I'm looking at all these things. But yeah, you're right. I think the offences were pretty sloppy. Loads of turnovers, loads of defensive touchdowns. Um, I do wonder if pre-season where three quarters of these teams don't play any starters, I wonder, and obviously having one less game, with the gap in between. I do wonder if the trend of not playing starters on offense, at least in week one, uh, sorry, in preseason, is going to keep doing this to week one, because I think some teams we thought would be good did look sloppy. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into those teams in, in a minute. But yeah, I think preseason probably does does have something to do with it. Um, 
cool, we got some segments today. So we're going to do shock of the week. We're going to do stock up, stock down. We're going to do NFC player of the week, AFC player of the week. And then we'll t- touch on at the end any games very briefly in a little roundup that we don't touch on uh, throughout the episode. So um, let's start with shock of the week, mate. And um, I think you should probably go first. I think I might know what you're going to say here, but who is your uh, shock of the week? Well, I think we're playing a little bit of chess with each other because one of us is going to say this one, right? So I'm just going to go at it and say the <laughs> Chicago Bears over the 49ers in what, by the way, was an absolutely magical game of football. Somewhere about the NFL when the weather oh, is just... I mean, it was awful. I've seen like a um, few... Um, American guys that I follow for the 49ers, they were um, absolutely drenched in the videos that they were putting up. Yeah, it just looked looked amazing, to be honest with you. And I mean, the start, I mean, the thought, obviously, in that weather, it's kind of, it's not good, is it? But the 49ers, you know, being up 10, 10 0, you're thinking, oh, no, the bad news bears kind of. Because obviously, it's hard on offense. They don't have, they're not stacked, are they, on offense? But do you know what? They hung in there. Justin Fields hung in there. His stat line, when you look back on it in three yeah. months' time, you're going to be thinking, yeah, how did you win that game? But it's just it's just how the game was played, wasn't it? So no one has a great stat line at all, do they? But, yeah, mate, the Bears hung in there and showed a lot of grit and a lot of fight to win that game. I mean, obviously, there was not many people in the world picking the Bears to beat the Niners, was it, week one? But do you know what? They hung in there. They got some big receptions and just to be honest in the fourth quarter just really took over didn't they both lines of scrimmage they took over in the fourth quarter and I think that was just so important on a day where you couldn't really move the ball that much no they for that weather they ran the ball relatively well in the fourth quarter they didn't run it at all well the the rest of the game but in the fourth quarter they did manage to run it well a couple of times and uh, a couple of nice passes from Justin Fields kind of in in the structure of the offense rather where the first half and third quarter it felt like the only time he could get a playoff as if the play broke down and he scrambled around and just threw it across his body for 50 yards like he did in that one throw but um yeah fourth quarter they did seem to buck up a little bit on offense I, I do wonder if that's just tiredness from the San Francisco defense playing that long in that conditions but yeah it's difficult to tell um but yeah you're right Justin Fields completed eight pastors <laughs> in the whole game um and he managed to win a football game and I think didn't they have their rushing attempts were nuts as well, weren't they? So I think Fields had 11 rushes and Trey Lance had 13. So 25 rushes between the two quarterbacks, which is quite a lot. But unfortunately for them, they, they weren't very efficient with it. Um, I know many people in the, well, in Vegas, in England as well, uh, loads of people bet the under just when they saw that weather because the total went down by five points on Sunday. So everyone was hammering the under. It did obviously finish under. So everybody won those bets. Uh, but anybody that bet the fields and Lance overs for throwing or rushing were uh, were mistaken because, yeah, neither QB had a great day. Um, on defense, though, a couple of names. I thought that Jaquan Brisker played pretty well for the for, for the Bears. I uh, obviously liked him in the draft process. Um, I thought he was really good. Obviously, they want him and Kyler Gordon to be like the faces of the secondary. But I think Kyler Gordon kind of got killed a couple of times in the first half. But second half played better. I just think... Between them and someone like Eddie Jackson, who we know is really good, he's been good for years, I think there's going to be some games where, I'm not saying they're going to win loads of games, because I don't think they are, but I think the defence is going to give Justin Fields enough chance in some games where you're, you're, you're there like, OK, right, you've had four or five drives now, Justin, you have to score on this next drive, because I think the defence is probably better 
maybe than what people think in some games. I think some games, the young players will kind of blow those coverages. But I think in others, like this game, you'll see a few times where they can just really cover up people and make it difficult for quarterbacks. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we were quite high on the defence, weren't we, to be fair, in our um, NFC North preview pod? Because Dominique Robinson yesterday up front got got a lot of push. He obviously got one and a half sacks as well. But yeah, I agree. I mean, they're going to get a chance. I mean, all of a sudden, I'm finding myself looking at the Chicago Bears schedule and thinking, hmm, the Bears, the Bears the schedule. Mate, this, let me read me off this schedule. They're at the Packers next Sunday night, which is tough. Yeah. Okay. Then they play the Texans in Chicago, yeah. at the Giants, at the Vikings, home to the Commanders, at the Patriots. Mate, that ain't that tough. Just it's in four and three. In record. Exactly, yeah, four <laughs> and three. And they, they shake your hand on four and three and say, do you know what, we've had a good start. Yeah, apart from the fans that want them to have a good draft pick. <laughs> they'll be crying. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they'll be crying on those. But yeah, no. Yeah, I think the defence is going to be better. Um, I actually thought Khalil Herbert, I know he didn't have as many carries as David Montgomery, but I thought Khalil Herbert looked pretty good again in this game. Um, I do wonder if they're going to end up moving that to a bit more of a split back. Because David Montgomery still got the, the majority of carries, but um, I think Khalil Herbert just seems a little bit more explosive. Well, that's just because it was more in the second half when the 49ers were tired. I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah. yeah I mean, my uh, God, Montgomery, I mean, 17 carries for 26 yards. He was just <laughs> slogging up the gut in the first <laughs> half, weren't he? Yeah. Well, I, they, they definitely are scared of their own line because every time on third down, whether it was third and four, third and six, third and nine, didn't matter. They were just going to run. They were like, oh, my God, they've got Bosa. They've got Armstead. They've got all these other players that can just rush us from all over the place. So they were just calling zone runs every time. And I think only one got through in the second half when Cleo Herbert did it. But yeah, I think they ran for four out of their first five third downs and they were all longer than third and two. So uh, I think they're very, very scared of the 49ers. But yeah, they managed to get a win somehow. I think Justin Fields, yeah, I don't think you could say this is a good performance, but I think the weather says a lot. Um, but if we go over to the 49ers, do we know much more about Lance? Or again, with this kind of sloppy weather, it's going to be difficult for a lot of players. Is, it, is this kind of a, a write-off? Obviously, throwing 13 for 28, 164, no touchdowns, had that one interception, but did rush on the ground for 54 yards, which was pretty efficient, but um, didn't look great through the air. Is this just because of the weather, or is it another sign that maybe he's not ready and he's going to take more time than people thought who picked the 49ers to win the Super Bowl? No, I think you have to, you have to write it off. I mean... You can't do anything in that well. I mean, the thing is, the Bears just fought all around, I thought, on both sides of the ball, especially in the second half, was really impressive. I don't think you can read too much into Lance at the moment with that performance. He, I'm presuming he's never played in that condition before, as of most players. Probably sure Justin Fields is not either. No, I don't want to take anything from it. I'm happy to just kind of draw a line under it. He's what he's. Terrible loss, though, on paper yeah. for a team that wants to win the division. Yeah, we'll talk about it because sometimes we forget Thursday night football. But um, I think the fact that the Rams and Cardinals lost really does help the 49ers here because yeah, uh, they don't want to they don't want to lose this game anyway. Obviously, and for the for the whole season, it will make a difference towards the end. But at least they're not going to be one game behind with a game they should have won going into next week. But yeah, you're right. This is one they wish they could have back. The only kind of note I had on on this, like you said, even though it was so wet, it was first half. Uh, Debo Samuel had five, uh, yeah, five carries in the first half, and he had one target. And I just think, okay, I know they want to use him as this wing back option, but he is still a very good receiver, and I really do think a lot. I, and this is on Shanahan, not on Trey Lance. I do think they need to be careful there. Not that they, they're running him too much, 
but I just don't think they're passing to him enough. So I'd like to see that change in, in week two. I know he had ended up with two receptions. He did get a couple more targets in the second half, but in the first half, he'd ran like six times, like I said, and only had one target. So I think they need to forget that because he is still a receiver first. He still like was top three in the NFL for yards per catch, completion and total yardage before he got injured for that one week in last season. And I just think then when he came back, they turned him into a running back, basically. But I think they should try and remember he's a receiver because he's a very good one. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and anyone who had Brandon Ayuk uh, stocks, pretty good at this. Two yards for two receptions for 40 yards, dropped another one that was 33 yards. Uh, and they were playing in awful conditions. So I do think if you like Brandon Ayuk and you've got some stock in him in fantasy, I think this week at least shows you that they want to throw it to him. But we'll, <laughs> we'll hope that they're not playing in a uh, an absolute cesspit next week uh, when, when they play in better weather. Um, cool. Well, that was the obvious one. I think there is another obvious one. I think it's the second highest underdog winner in terms of what the spread was. I have actually gone for the Giants beating the Titans for shock of the week at 21-20. Not as big of a shock because I know people were down on the Titans, but... A lot of people thought the Giants were going to have the worst record in the league. They still could have the worst record in the league. So, um, But I just think this was this was it. And I guess the story for me, mate, is probably just has to be Saquon Barkley. Uh, there's another storyline which we'll talk on with coaching. But uh, Barkley had 18 rushes for 164 rushing yards and scored a rushing TD. He had six catches for 30 yards and he scored the game-winning two-point conversion. And he had 83% of the snaps for the running as a running back in week one, which is higher than any other running back in the league, including Derrick Henry and Montgomery, who obviously also high snaps. So for me, he's bell cow back. He looks a lot healthier. And he did the very typical Saquon thing of getting a couple of rushes that just absolutely came out of nowhere and got massive yardage. So for me, I just think it's so nice to see him back. He's one of my favorite players in the league. Um, and I think that's going to help Daniel Jones in terms of having less pressure on him if you've got a running back that can do all this stuff. Yeah, absolutely amazing. To be honest, 200 all-purpose yards. I didn't quite, I didn't realise until you just said it was that high. To be honest, <laughs> you know, I watched the highlights of that game this morning and I was just like, yeah, it's all Saquon, isn't it? But yeah, 200 all-purpose yards is amazing, really. I just, after that, to be honest, I didn't really expect him to be back. You, you wish, don't you? Even though it's like a rival of the Eagles, you kind of put that to the side because for the NFL, you just want to see all the stars play. That's what makes the league so good. But yeah, amazing, incredible win for the Giants. I've got to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, it was a strange. And what I find weird, I don't know if you found this about Ryan Tannehill, right? But he didn't throw like five interceptions yesterday. But his stat line was 20 for 33, 266 and two touchdowns, right? And that's a good stat line for a, an average NFL quarterback. But it seems like every time he gets that stat line, <laughs> they just really still struggle to score 24-plus points. I was looking at it earlier, and there's only been like, I think there was something like last season twice where he didn't throw for 300 yards, or Derek Henry didn't rush for 150. So one of the two has to happen. Or else the offense just seems to never score any points. It just feels like they punt all the time, or they kick long field goals all the time. So... Um, that does worry me a little bit that if Henry's not going for 150 yards that it just seemed like they struggled to score because I was watching the second half and it just seemed like a punt fest from the Titans I know the Giants weren't great either in terms of second half um, possessions but yeah I was a little bit worried about their offense but again we kind of expected that I think that the receivers are what they are I think Traylon Burks ended up with 55 yards which was nice um, but Robert Woods won reception for 13 yards and did look like that ACL injury is still not quite healed Um so whether that's going to improve as Woods gets better, I'm not sure. But yeah, the Titans' offense didn't look great. But for me, I just think the Giants play. Uh, their defense looked better than I thought. Um, and Daniel Jones had one of the worst first halves ever. And then second half, somehow, Brian Dable managed to salvage it, stop him fumbling, 
and managed to scrape together a crazy win. I guess the play of the game is probably going for two. The score was 2019, wasn't it? Late in the fourth, I think it was one minute five to go. And he went for two and called that play to Saquon Barkley, who scored to put them up one. And A, I love that as someone who wants people to be more aggressive on fourth down or two points on fourth downs. But B, I just think the Giants fans, because it actually worked. If it didn't work, you'd be getting caned in New York media. But because it worked, Giants fans all over are going to be absolutely going nuts for the coach this morning. Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of I feel right in the right situation, you know, on the road where you've come back just just to kind of go for it. I mean, it's it's not the end of the world for the Giants to lose in Tennessee, is it? If it went wrong, but it didn't. But no. I mean, the Titans got a long field goal, didn't they? I mean, it was just ridiculously six five yards. I think it was to win the game at the end. It was. Yeah, from a kicker in Bullock, who hasn't looked good for like four years exactly. as well, I think. He's looked very overweight nowadays. When he saw him lining up to kick it, I was like, this ain't going in. <laughs> there's no way this kick. Especially after the day we'd had in the early window. I was thinking there's no way he's going to make this kick. No, not a chance, no. Um, anything to worry about in this game from a Titans point of view? Is it kind of what we thought, where we do think the offense is going to take a step back? And the defense kind of did its job, really. 21 points. If you, if you allow 21 points every week, you should be winning more than half your games but obviously they couldn't score enough points is this kind of what we thought or did this game make you more worried about them for this AFC South well it's kind of a, a split thing right because obviously you're worried when you lose at home to the Giants in the season opener when you would presume yourself as a you know there was the AFC's number one seed last year I know the rosters maybe took a slight step back but no I'm slightly more worried about the Titans but then you look at the rest of the division which I'm sure we'll speak about in a minute <laughs> perhaps it's not so much no it's not good job they FC West yes very true the only other thing I would say and that I would uh, I would be worried about is not the Titans but the Giants Kadarius Tony hardly played this whole game obviously been falling out with the coaches staff there was rumours of a trade then they decided to go forward then he got injured again then he had the issues coming into practice late. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going to go on there. So for me, if I was a Giants fan, looking how bad the first half went and looking at people like Richie James catching five balls and Wando Robinson going down with a bad knee injury, which looks like that could be a bit of a worry for him. So hopefully he's back soon. But um, I'd be a little bit worried that Kadarius Tony was not was not very involved. But I feel like his whole career is going to be very weird if you looked at him in college and then how the start of the NFL has gone for him. I think Kadarius Tony could be a talking point most weeks. But... Yeah. We, we shall see um, cool let's go to stock up stock down then um, let's do stock up first, Ooh, stock um, up first right? yeah I wanted to mention a draft pick in the wide receiver room I wanted to mention Jahan Dotson yeah. of the Washington football team now known as the Commanders <laughs> he obviously scored two touchdowns um, I know Terry McLaurin was getting a lot of double coverage in this game uh, I think I read uh, something like earlier in the first half he was getting double coverage on nearly like 45% of his snaps which is quite a lot when you're playing with a pretty bad quarterback but um yeah Terry McLaurin caught 258 but I was just really impressed Jahan Dotson three for 40 two touchdowns the other one was on a big third down play um and I guess it's just kind of links to the whole offense as a whole they obviously win the game 28 22 um a game a lot of people including me and you actually picked the Jaguars for um Wentz comes out playing really well then he goes like <laughs> into himself and has two interceptions he looks like he's lost the game but then another throw to Dotson for a touchdown and they managed to win the game. So I just think uh, between him and McLaurin, those two weapons are going to be enough for them to stay in games at times if Wentz doesn't throw inceptions. And I think they probably looked a little bit better on offense than I thought they would. Um, and if the defense can kind of catch up, 
like they did in the first half, I think could be quite a good team. So I think, yeah, Dotson and the Commanders impressed me a little bit more than I thought they would. Yeah, yeah, I think Wentz actually made some excellent throws, didn't he? A couple yeah. two, well, actually the only two that McLaurin caught actually were great catches. So, yeah, all around, um, it kind of looked like it was slipping a little bit in the second half, didn't it? The Jags made a comeback, especially third quarter, they kind of dominated. But, yeah, yeah, good, pulled it out. I'd love to see Wentz, I mean, whether he's in the division or not, you know. Uh, he was obviously the Eagles kind of saviour draft pick. You know, six, seven <laughs> years ago. But no, it's nice to see him get off, off with a win. Antonio Gibson also looked quite good. He's been a, a Twitter, he's been in the Twitter graveyard all, <laughs> yeah, all yeah. as well, Gibson. So yeah, he was he was good. He got over it like 130 all purpose yards. So yeah, no, it's good. Good all round for Washington. Good, good solid win in the first week. Yeah, it did take someone getting shot for Antonio Gibson to be RB1 in the team. But, um, hey, listen, yeah. mate, you, get, you take your job out <laughs> and you get it. He did, yeah. His catch down the sideline for the one, because I know he caught 72, he had 72 reception, receiving yards, but two, one of them was very, very long, most of that. And uh, that was a hell of a throw and actually a hell of a catch as well from him. So, uh, yeah, he looked pretty good again. Uh, looked like he got his legs back under him, which was nice. Curtis Samuel with eight receptions as well and a touchdown. And he barely played last season for them. So I think they've actually got a nice set of weapons. Um, a lot more than one team that we'll talk about from that division later on. But yeah, a little bit better than I thought. From a Jaguars point of view, Trevor Lawrence did not start the game great, but I still think had some good throws. Um, but I think Trev- <laughs> Travis Etienne had one of the worst games you'll see. I know he had like four for 47 so obviously efficiency wise way more than James Robinson, but he dropped two touchdowns uh, and he is supposed to be a receiving back. So I just think, yeah, not a very good start for uh, ETN. Also that hit that Derek Forrest put on him was yeah. absolutely that you don't want that to be your career highlight coming out of college as a heralded running back, do you? <laughs> no, you don't. No. Yeah. Especially when it's that name as well, the person that's come and hit you, but it was a hell of a shot. Um, but yeah, good win for the commanders. Good performance from Dotson. Hopefully he kind of carries on to improve as a 16th overall pick. Um, cool. Who's your first stock up for the week? Mate, I have to... You know what? This this game kind of had um, a lot of hype before it, as we all kind of... Everyone wanted it on Sky just because of the storyline version of it. But I'm going to have to go for the Browns, mate, because yeah. big win in an emotional kind of yeah. standpoint, do you not think, you know, like kind, of, kind of like a raucous crowd or whatever, you know, has happened with the Browns this year. We don't like what they've done at all, but, you know, kind of, it's nothing to do with the players, is it, on, on the on the field? So, no, I thought the running attack and uh, Hunt especially was um, pretty impressive. He's always good kind of catching out of the backfield, isn't he? But then you had Chubb as well, like, 150 yards or purpose yards, just a really solid, solid win on the road in a in an atmosphere where, you know, it it, it was what it was probably the best atmosphere of the weekend to be fair for a for a home crowd. So it's yeah, good win, solid win for the Browns. Nothing to write home about, but to be fair, you know, you've got to go. We were saying, you know, for them to have a chance with. For Watson to come back later in the season, they need to be winning games like this, and and they've got got it done to be fair. Yeah, they've got two home games coming up as well, so that they'll actually think they want to be three and zero, which. I am a Browns hater now, not the players that like you said, or the fan. well, some of the fans, but not the fans that I know in England, a lot of them are really sound and on our side with it, and obviously it's not the players' fault, but as a franchise, it's just kind of 
that's where everyone sees the issue, aren't they? But yeah, it's, it's a good win. Um, they got up quite big and I was getting a little bit worried for Baker and then all of a sudden he scored a Russian TD, threw a 75-yard bomb and I was like, oh my God, this is written in the stars that Baker's going to win this game. Field goal. But unfortunately, you left Jacoby Brissett with too much time, which I never thought I'd ever say. But I think that's more about the Panthers' defense than it is about the uh, the Browns' on offense. But yeah, you're right. Kareem Hunt played well. People are going to have fits all year, aren't they, with uh, their fantasies? Do we put Hunt in the starting lineup? Do we put him on the bench? I had him on the bench last minute yesterday, and then he scored all those points. So <laughs> very typical. Um, Chubb getting one four one on the ground and not scoring a TD is very Chubb. Um, but Donovan's people Jones six yards, six catches for sixty yards. I thought was very impressive. So yeah, I think. The score 26 points with him as your quarterback, I think, is really impressive. The run game was good. I think Panthers probably looked a little bit better than I thought. And similar to the Saquon Barkley story, it was nice to see Christian McCaffrey look good. I know he didn't run the ball well, but the offensive line was getting absolutely killed by the Cleveland defensive line. But in terms of uh, catching out of the backfield, McCaffrey looked like himself. He had one nice run where he picked the ball off the ground after Baker fumbled and ran through. And uh, yeah, I thought he looked pretty good. And so did Baker in the second half. But that offensive line probably needs to be a little bit better for them to uh, to be a good team. But yeah, this was quite a fun game. And like I said, it was a good finish in the end. And Cade York absolutely bombed it. And that's why you draft kickers, apparently, according to uh, the Browns GM. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One of the best college kickers I've uh, around, I've been told yesterday by my uh, LSU friends that say he's a legend. So there we go. Um, cool. Another stock up then. Uh, this was difficult because I didn't know whether to what to put in for for stock up and uh, I guess stock down. But um, I've gone with the Steelers defense uh, for stock up. Um, I know we know they're very good, um, but I just felt like yesterday is one of the most dominant displays I've seen from, from, I guess, a defensive line that still played an offensive line that should be good. Everyone thought the Bengals offensive line would still be good. For me, I, we, on this podcast, I think we weren't quite sure on that. We said they were more below average in the interior and that, that definitely showed, but yeah, they were incredible. Forced five turnovers. Uh, obviously did win the game. We'll talk about the kicking in a minute, but yeah, Steelers D was amazing. It's just a shame that it looks like TJ Watt might be out for this season now. Yeah, that's a massive shame, man. A huge, huge blow. I mean, it's not just kind of you take a superstar out. The whole unit is just affected by that one player. Shout out yeah. to Minka Fitzpatrick yesterday was absolutely incredible. Not only was a tackling machine, obviously he got the interception as well, didn't he? But yeah, he was he was awesome. Yeah, I know what you're saying about who do you put in stock up and stock down <laughs> to do with this game because yeah. you could put the Steelers offense, couldn't you, in stock down? But then you <laughs> yeah, you could. Made the Bengals. Were, like what well, I texted you yesterday, didn't I? At that time, I'm not quite sure how this team made the Super Bowl, but you know <laughs> they they fought back so much and they had more than one chance to win it. But you can't have your backup long snapper in there, I'm afraid. It's an important position that probably you don't think about until it's not there, do you? No, but again with Joe Burrow and stuff, sometimes you just think why don't we just go win the game with our offense a little bit? And I, I did see something weird for the last kick of the game when they couldn't get it. He, he decided we don't like, I don't like Zach Taylor as everybody who listens to this knows, but he ran like twice on both the, the, the final drives. They obviously didn't score in overtime. He ran like twice in a row on the two possessions where they ended up punting and obviously not yeah, hitting the yeah. kick. And, and I just think like, that is just such a weird decision when you've got Jamar Chase doing whatever he wants. Um, and then also he called a timeout. 
and punted with 50, I think it was maybe like a minute, three seconds maybe left for the Steelers. Well, he could have just let the time go down. Why did he punt and leave more time on the clock? I, I thought it was strange. Maybe he thought that they were going to get three and out and the Bengals would get one more chance. But I just think you're almost playing for a draw if you don't go for that fourth down with a minute to go. So if you're playing for a draw, why the hell would you not just let the clock run down? Why would you call a timeout and then punt it back to the Steelers? I thought that was a bit of a strange one. But yeah, I think... Zach Taylor really does limit where this team can go. I think Mitch Trubisky also limits where um, where the Steelers can go on offense. Um, and I just think this game was a little bit weird. But yeah, plenty of missed kicks. Um, but yeah, still a fun game. I think Jamar Chase looked great, didn't he? Uh, and I also think, like you said, Minka looks great. And Cam Hayward played really well before he went down in the fourth. So I think there's some stars on the show in there and then some scrubs as well sprinkled in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Cool. Who's your uh, your next stock up? So I'm going for a team that re- that they were close to being definitely in a stock down situation. But I'm going to go for the Saints because a seven, uh, they, they, they had three points at the end of the third quarter and then to bust out 17 points in flawless football, really, in the fourth quarter to win it 27-26. I thought that was pretty impressive from a team that they, they couldn't get it going really on the ground all day. I mean, Kamara was really, really quiet by his standard. Obviously, you look at the stat line and you go, Taysom Hill had um, 81 yards, but one of them was like a 60-yarder, wasn't it, for from Hill? So I don't know where they pulled him out of the vault from again. I couldn't quite believe, to be honest. So I saw him you know, let him loose on the red zone. I was like, are we in 2018 or something? But it's like, no, I thought they were great in the... Also awesome to see Michael Thomas back, two touchdowns. He looked good. And Land, Jarvis Landry was over 100 yards reception. So, yeah, all around a great fourth quarter. So you kind of show that you've kind of got some metal there to be able to pull a comeback because they were pretty poor through three quarters, but, you know, still came away with the victory. Yeah, they were pretty poor at times, I have to say. Um Let's have a look at what was I going to look at? Oh yeah, Alvin Kamara's stat line wasn't great again, but um, it was nice to see that he said Taysom, Taysom Hill smashing off a random run. But yeah, Jarvis Landry played well, Thomas played well, Alave caught a two-point conversion. I know he didn't have the biggest stat line, but I thought he was pretty good. Um, and I think the defense at times played well. I was a bit worried about their run defense to be honest in this game, but I think causing turnovers and making big plays, I think the Saints will still do it. But I think maybe they're just going to get gas on the run because. Cordell Patterson finished with 22 for 120, and Mariota finished with 72 rushing yards. Uh, I don't think you want to do that every week uh, if you're the Saints defense. But um, yeah, big win. They got the Bucks next week as well, so um, there's another chance that they could uh, do the business over Tom Brady again next week potentially. Yeah, surely that's going to be um, Sky at 6 p.m. Right? Saints. I hope so. Feels like that's a good uniform matchup there as well. I know a lot of people were slating certain uniform matchups in uh, my game, for example. Jeez, oh my Carlos. word, mate, that was absolutely horrific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. we we obviously can only play in red or white, can't we? So uh, the Cardinals are never going to change their their home Cardinals colours. Cardinals slip their black pants on that they've got, and then let's just play because that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, hopefully the Saints uh, go all black against the Bucks. That'd be quite nice. We'll see. Um, cool, let's move to stock down then. Um, I'll go all the way back to Thursday night, really, for this one, because we tend to forget that sometimes. And I have to say stock down is, I, do, I could say both ends of the floor, to be honest, both ends of the, the field, to be honest, but I'm going to go with offense. Stock down for the Rams offense. 
Um, I think anyone who had Cam Akers in fantasy will be absolutely fuming. He's not even RB1. Uh, there's rumours he wasn't even RB2 for this game before Williams obviously got injured, the guy they drafted from Notre Dame. But um, yeah, overall, I thought the offence was terrible. They played 11 personnel non-stop. They got no second tight end that they can play. So every single formation is just the same. Um, I thought Matt Stafford looked awful. I don't know if that's because of the arm or not, but he threw three interceptions, looked pretty poor for me. And I think the offensive line, something that we pointed out in our season preview, uh, I thought the offensive line looked really bad. It looks okay running the ball at times, but not really against a front that I think I think the Bills will be good, but I think their defensive line were made to look a lot better by how bad this offensive line was. So for me, um, McVeigh can easily bounce back, so can the team. But I think overall, there's a lot of worries there, whether it's offensive line, Cam Akers, Alan Robinson in his first game didn't look great either. Um, yeah, I think they looked all over the place, and they are a team that really doesn't play anybody all preseason. So maybe in four weeks' time, the team looks completely different. But I think this is a team that does miss Odell Beckham and unfortunately does miss not even Andrew Whitworth, just a good guard like they lost, like Connor. I can't remember the guy's name now. Is it Connor Williams? Someone someone left the team at left guard. But it doesn't have to be a left tackle because Noteboom's okay. But I just feel like interior offensive line, they're missing one of their guys. Yeah, and they they probably need an Odell type in terms of field stretcher because the, the, the wide receiver room looked very, very slow yesterday. We'll see what happens when Van Jefferson comes back. But um, yeah, not good for the Rams offense losing 31-10 to, to the Bills when they had all those turnovers from Allen as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you, when you play that poorly and you're opposite kind of, an offense that is looked like they were in mid-season playoff form, didn't they? The Bills, it was always going to be a tough night. But yeah, the Rams, it was quite worrying really because aside from Cup, I felt like they legitimately had absolutely nothing on offense. I mean, I've seen some videos actually on on Twitter about Alan Robinson's kind of routes that he was running, and some of it's a little bit embarrassing. So I'm not sure what they're going to kind of do there. I'm expecting better things from him. They've got the Falcons next week in LA again, so that should be a better performance rather than Rams. You'd certainly hope so. <laughs> yeah, you would certainly hope so. Yeah, I, there's a video going around, isn't there, of Alan Robertson's uh, routes, and it, it didn't look great at all. Um, but yeah, hopefully he can improve on that. He is still a good player, but um, yeah, very strange. Cooper Cup looks really good, but uh, had to do a lot of work, had to do a lot of different things, and I just think you just don't want to force him to have to do that every week. Let's just give him some easy completions and and let him get yards after the catch. But unfortunately, every team's just going to double him, aren't they? And put cloud coverage on him if uh, if Alan Robinson's struggling, if Van Jefferson's injured and Tutu Atwell's somewhere on the side at five foot one. So, um, yeah, a bit of a weird game. Obviously, the Bills are very good, so we'll see what happens. But the Rams did not look good on either end, uh, unfortunately. But the Bills obviously looked great, and we'll probably spend more time next time on the preview talking about the Bills, because that was an incredible performance. Um, who's your first stock down? Right, I'm going. We spoke about two of these teams already, mate, but there's two more left. The AFC South yesterday <laughs> was a complete disgrace. No wins. How do you get no wins from week one when two teams are playing each other as well? <laughs> <laughs> that is out in week one. They should have made the Texans and Colts keep playing, turn the cameras off and made them keep playing. Because, <laughs> mate, that was a terrible, terrible game. I mean, the Colts especially... Well, I mean, the Texans, they kind of wilted in the fourth quarter. Yeah, They should have won that game, shouldn't they? I yeah, think. they really, really should have won that game. But, I mean, the Texans' run attack, I think I read it was like an average of 2.5 yards per run. Like Rex Burke had 14 carries, 40 yards. Damian Pierce, 11 for 33. It's just not good to watch. It was a really, really horrible 
game all around and Matt Ryan. I mean, he was slinging 50, 50 pass attempts yesterday. I think I believe that's probably kind of that was most this week. I think three hundred and fifty-two yards from fifty attempts. And Jonathan Taylor. I mean, at the end of the day, he's got over one hundred and sixty-one yards from thirty-one carries. Kind of never felt like they got going, even though they have masses of yardage. So it was, yeah, very very strange and poor performance. And this is not a good division, is it at all? No, it's not. This is, I mean, one of these teams is going to get a home game in the playoffs. They're going to lose that home game as well, I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> whoever, whoever ends up getting them is almost like having a bye in the first round. It's going to feel like, I guess maybe not if they can, Taylor or Henry goes off for 200 yards rushing or something crazy. That could always happen with both those two teams. But yeah, it's not not a good division. Colts obviously missing a field goal in the four, in the overtime as well. Oh, that it. was a terrible field goal for a Blankenship as well, weren't it? Yeah. Well, Nailed yeah. too early. I mean, it wasn't like me or you was kicking it. It was nowhere <laughs> near, especially in that kind of environment as well in the Dome. So. Yeah, it wasn't Yeah, it wasn't good. But yeah, like you said, the yardage was there. Obviously, Matt Ryan did throw a bad interception, but the yardage for Taylor and Ryan were great, but they just could not finish at all, which is what we've said in terms of um, lack of receiving options. I think that did show. I know Pittman ended up with 121. Hines got 50, but... Um, yeah, they just could not finish drives at all. And, and again, Texas started really well. Um, kind of says a lot about Pep, Pep Hamilton as the OC that they could call such a good game plan because it was kind of more in the third, fourth when it was adjustments were needed that they struggled. But it looks like the game plan at the start was good and uh, quite fun to see OJ Howard have two catches for two touchdowns. Um, very OJ Howard kind of stat line that is. But yeah, I thought they looked good in the first half. But um, yeah, I just think that it was a very strange game, very strange finish for the for the Colts. And I was going to say, the only other thing I was going to add was, I don't know if you noticed this, there's two kind of nuggets on this game. One was that Rex Burkhead outsnapped Damian Pierce after everyone in fantasy drafted Damian Pierce last week. So I think everyone in fantasy hates Rex Burkhead. And B, they were like, sec- they had a second down. It wasn't the third down. It was second and four. They called Dr- Jeff Driscoll out to do a QB run <laughs> on the outside. <laughs> He ran for five yards and got the first down. And I'm like, why are we bringing Jeff Driscoll in to run? I know it worked, but I thought that was quite a weird thing for them to do, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, I did notice that, actually. That flashed up on red zone, definitely that Jeff Driscoll run. Yeah, it was... Um, <laughs> yeah, I did. That's how I saw it was on red zone. I was definitely not going to watch this game on one of my screens, for sure. But yeah, Brandon Cook's 82 yards, so hopefully he has another 1,000 yards receiving. But yeah, very, very weird game. Very, very, very weird division. Um, my next stock down is Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys offense. Um, this game, I thought it should be good. I still thought it would be good, even with the offensive line issues that both teams had. The Bucks actually lost their left tackle, which made the game even worse in the game. But it was a lot worse than I thought from a Cowboys perspective. They really struggled to run the ball, which was expected against Vita Vea, Hakeem Hicks on that front seven. Um, but... I just think passing attack was dreadful. It was kind of like C.D. Lamb might be injured, might not. Dak was sailing balls over his head. The only option was Dalton Schultz, who the, well, I actually saw a good graphic yesterday, uh, earlier, that they co- they double-covered Schultz in the first half on three drives because they knew that was the only player that he was trying to hit. And I'm just like, if you're only trying to hit Schultz, then this is just a terrible, terrible offense. I think the Amari Cooper trade looks worse as time goes on. I think Lyle Collins' release looks worse. I know he's injury-prone. And didn't play much at all throughout the summer. But, um, yeah, I just think the offense scoring three points at home, uh, the way it looked before any injuries, the way they ran the ball, 
Um, they had to have play- players like Dennis Houston, Noah Brown, and Semi Fahoku catch passes in the wide receiver room. And then to make it all worse, Dak Prescott gets injured. It's been announced today he's having surgery on his thumb uh, and he's going to be out for six to eight weeks. And it just feels like unless they trade for Jimmy G and, I don't know, James Holbert maybe is better than we think, didn't play any snaps yesterday, maybe... Gallup comes back early. It just feels like without a couple of those miracle things happening, this team could be dead on offense. Yeah, it could. What a shame, isn't it? But <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but in serious, though, it's obviously sad. You don't want to see that go down, kind of one of the mid-level premium guys in the NFL. But yeah, I don't know what the Cowboys are going to do. Do you trade for Jimmy G? I mean, that, that would certainly cause a little bit of excitement, wouldn't it? But what is the going to be expectations, really, if of this now. I mean, Cooper Rush, you, you can't expect him to be. You're kind of looking at the schedule now for six to eight weeks. If you give it kind of eight weeks, there's some, I mean, you've got the, the Packers in there, the Eagles, Rams, obviously then all divisional games and the Bengals coming up this week. It, it's a real tough slate, so they could only have maybe one or two wins in there. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough break for Dallas, but that doesn't excuse that kind of wide receiver room and the decisions that they've made around there, especially with Amari Cooper, I think. And we I, don't, I don't know why I picked them for the division now, to be honest. I think that was a moment of weakness because I just yeah. didn't want to... I think me and you picked every division the same until then and I kind of just bottled it. But, um, yeah, I just think that the, the moves that we spoke about in the off-season, offensive line deliberately making them worse... And then your wide receivers making them worse, and they're not really improving your defense. It's not like they spent loads of money elsewhere. I just think that was a very, very strange offseason. It looked like it yesterday. I don't think the Bucks looked great either, but the Cowboys looked pretty, pretty terrible. Do you think they do trade for Jimmy G? Because they didn't actually have a backup quarterback on the 53. Cooper Rush was called up from the practice squad, so they haven't actually got an official backup on the 53. Um, what do you think they do? Because surely Cooper Rush can't play. I think if he's out for eight weeks, so there might be a bye chucked in. But if he's out for six weeks, seven weeks, that gets you through like. A couple of games they're definitely going to lose. It gets you through the Eagles game, the first Eagles game of the season, which they would lose. And I just don't think you can ride Cooper Rush for the next six weeks. No, there's there's no way. I'm kind of just trying to look on the practice squad or something because they they um, released, didn't they, the guy that they had. I can't remember who the backup was. Uh, last year he was... Yeah, but, oh, yeah. Yeah, but um, I think... Uh, you mean you take your shot at Garoppolo, don't you? Trying to, but I think I do. Yeah, he's not going to cost you a great amount of um, currency, is he, in terms of draft picks? So yeah, maybe you take a swing for it for that. But I think I take my shot on Garoppolo and then signing someone like Cole Beasley as well, who's a free yeah. agent. Yeah, someone who said obviously how much he loves Dak Prescott before, and it's just like okay, let's. See or anyone, Will Fuller, whoever, just someone else who can catch passes because I don't think this unit's going to do it. But yeah, without another quarterback in there, they're going to struggle. So, congrats to the Commanders on the division win. I guess that's probably what we should, probably what we should say. Um, we haven't actually spoken about your team yet, which is hilarious. Uh, stock down, then you've got another one. Then who's your last stock down? Yeah, I don't know where the Eagles fit in all this kind of stock-up, stock-down stuff. I could go for a little stock-down, actually, and have a moan about the Eagles' defence, but I'm not, because <laughs> I have to go stock-down. They were already quite low, in my opinion, but the New England Patriots yesterday were not good. <laughs> <laughs> I know they always kind of... I think I, think I read that Chua's like 
four or five and zero against Bill Belichick. <laughs> five and zero, yeah. Yeah, five and zero. But I mean, the Dolphins were not great, aside from a few kind of big plays. I mean, the running attack was absolutely abysmal for for Miami, but New England do not look good. Matt Jones, obviously, he's got the back injury now, hasn't he? So I'm not sure how serious that is. He didn't look great at all. So yeah, he kind of worried that you. Obviously, the problem is when you're kind of legendary coach like that, you need to know when to walk away, don't you, in whatever sport that you are in. And I don't know whether if Belichick has gone past that point of the Patriots being useful as a team, that he could kind of hang on now for another three or four years for these kind of bad seasons. I don't know. I kind of hope not. But, yeah, they did not fill me with confidence that the Patriots are going to be anywhere near kind of challenging the division that just seems like a fallacy now but the bills and the patriots just seem so so far away it's unbelievable yeah i agree i think it was a very poor game in the second half for both teams on offense was pretty bad 27 total points scored but yeah patriots looked terrible the weapons of what we thought their defense looked okay at times but then dropped a couple of interceptions uh, and then mac jones actually went down with a back injury as well so it's not like the future's looking amazing. <laughs> There's not much like to come back on this team. I know they are, maybe they could run the ball a bit better in future weeks, but um, yeah, pretty poor, pretty poor game on offense. Like we all thought, um, I guess holding the dolphins to 20 is probably fair. Do you know what I mean? The defense is not great either for the Patriots on paper. And uh, they, they probably did their job, didn't they? From what you think they, they the maximum they could do with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Ward on the field. But um, yeah, you're not going to win many games scoring seven points. I don't think in the NFL. Uh, well, not no, and they didn't look like scoring any more. Neither. <laughs> no, you're right. They didn't. Um, cool. There's two games then because I the last section is NFC and AFC Player of the Week. So we will talk about those two players slash teams. Then there's two games we haven't touched on. Um, why don't we leave yours till last for this little section? Uh, the other game we haven't touched on is the Chargers versus the Raiders. Um, pretty fun game to be honest. I think. Probably better the game for Sky than what the Vikings Packers ended up being, unless you wanted to watch uh, Aaron Rodgers look female, which a lot of people probably do. But Chargers won 24 to 19. Um, still very strange. Justin Herbert, incredible quarterback, and this offense again just dinks and dunks so much when there's so many long balls there to be had. Uh, still don't like the OC. I'm still a little bit worried about that. But the defensive line looked really, really good. Khalil Mack and Bosa looked amazing. Um, secondary looks pretty good obviously they're against a very good set of wide receivers there so they're never going to look great without JC Jackson but they held up um, but yeah I do think if you're the Raiders if the Chargers score 24 points I think you want to be beating them for, for 24 but Derek Carr with the three interceptions all three were under throws uh, and then he also got sacked on third and fourth down on the last drive uh, and for me, I'd probably have to put the loss on Derek Carr. I know the defense at times in the first half wasn't great, but their defensive players aren't great. And I think if you're the star quarterback at the team, you've just got a big deal. Um, I think to have those two big sacks and three interceptions, I think probably is the reason why they lost the game. Yeah, that's as bad as kind of Carr can be. You know, I mean, he made some good throws at some point, but... Yeah, the, the the interception, the sacks especially were kind of unforgivable. So yeah, he definitely kind of is on car. You, you hold the charges like you said to twenty four. The Raiders also, by the way, played quite badly. Obviously, we're speaking about car playing quite badly, but you know what? They had the chances that they should have probably won this game, but 
Yeah, strange one. Obviously, nicely Devontae Adams, he kind of went off, didn't he? 141 yards, but yeah, it was, it was a strange game all round. I'd perhaps say that this was a little bit disappointing all round as a kind of a hyped-up football game. In my head, I was thinking this is going to be kind of a, what a great week one game this is. The actual game itself was okay, but it was more kind of the defensive stars, wasn't it? Like you said, Mac was just incredible. So good. See, so he, he was like always in the backfield, wasn't he? Whenever he was rushing, so yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting. Seattle. I mean, obviously it's the Chargers versus Chiefs Thursday night, isn't it? So that's yes. Yeah. Raiders will be kicking themselves as well for not because they have a chance to go down and win it, don't they? You got Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, and you got score a touchdown, you win. I think against whatever you think about the Chargers, whether you think they're a top two or three team in the league or not, they're at worst a top five AFC team at worst. I think to have a chance last drive to score a touchdown. And all your money is on your offense. Your whole team, all the money on your whole team is on your offense. Um, and to not score a touchdown there and to go out as bad as they did, I feel like that's probably, it's on Derek Carr, but we know that about him. Great throws one minute and then poor decisions the other. But yeah, Herbert still looked great. Uh, hopefully the OC can let kind of the play call in um, up a bit. The rushing wasn't great, I have to say. The offensive line didn't block very well for him. But I think, like you said, the defensive line was just amazing. Uh, and we'll see what happens because Keenan Allen pulled his hamstring. So that could be a big loss. Um, the other one is obviously your team. Um, probably the best game of the early slate in terms of like offense, defense. Probably <laughs> well, you could talk about that, but not great at all. Um, Eagles win against the Lions, 38-35. They're up 17 points at one point, let them come back into it. Um, but they win. AJ Brown looks great. Jalen Hurts looks great on the ground. Um, Miles Sanders looks slightly better than he did last year, but um, I think Jalen Hurts through the air. And the Eagles' defence probably underwhelmed people, even though it's still a good win on the road. Yeah, yeah. I think Hurts kind of improved in the passing as it kind of went along. Obviously, A.J. Brown was, as advertised, the Eagles have not had a wide receiver like that for, for a while, to be honest. They stuck kind of Jeff Okuda, and sometimes it was doubled on Devonta Smith, which was it seems baffling to leave AJ Brown kind of one on one with the with whoever was kind of over there. So yeah, that was kind of some like bully ball. To be honest with you, the second and third quarter was immense. That was what the the Eagles could be, and then yeah, the Lions. You know, like I said to you, the Lions kind of looked frisky, but the Eagles' defense was not good. At all, the, the defensive scheme. I, I looked at the snap um, count when that came out earlier, and it was any time where Jordan Davis was kind of on the field, and they paid a five-man front. The just the the running plays went absolutely nowhere. As soon as he came out and they went to a four-man front, the Lions were absolutely <laughs> all over the Eagles, especially up the middle. So that was uh, hopefully something. Someone a uh, kind of a, a millionaire uh, defensive coordinator. Well. Snap on that and think, you know what? I think we'll play out, play to our strengths, and instead of kind of worrying about what maybe what the uh, what the Lions have got for the Eagles. I, th- I just think that I don't even know how this game is 38-35. The game should have been far kind of put to bed. So yeah, Jared Goff was really bad in the first half as well, and they still somehow managed to score 35 points. I don't quite know how they've managed to do it. I guess DeAndre Swift is probably the answer. 144 rushing yards. I don't know what he had him receiving. 31 in receiving, so massive day, fantasy football-wise. But, yeah, Jared Goff was not great in the first half, and the team still managed to score 35 points. I don't really know how that's happened. But, um, yeah, I think it's more to do with the Eagles' defence. But there are some good weapons on there for the Lions. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool that Jamal Williams scored two touchdowns after his hard knocks fame. That was quite nice. But, 
yeah, good win for the Eagles. I think the offense looks probably better than a lot of people thought initially. Um, but that defense probably needs to tune it up. And there's a lot of new faces, aren't there? So you think as the season goes, they should be able to improve that, you'd hope. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A lot of new faces, but there's also quite a lot of talent on the defense. So that does definitely needs to be uh, <laughs> ratcheted up in the tightness sort of thing. So. You can tell everyone that Patrick is already worried about this defense for his Super Bowl run. Yeah, I mean, Jordan, you look now, with the with the Cowboys kind of yeah. maybe being out of the division with Prescott going, you kind of looking at you want really, really want to be winning this division now, but we'll see. See how time goes on. Very, very tough game against the team that we're about to talk about soon, I believe. Yeah, very true. Next week, Monday Night Football, I think, isn't it, as well? Um, yeah, so, it's a pretty fun game next weekend. That leads us on to it. Um, we will talk about the team as well, but we want to start with the players on each of these teams. So, NFC Player of the Week. Obviously, everyone knows who we've probably got now, but who have you got? Uh, why? And then what did it mean for the team this week? No, it's got to be Justin Jefferson, right, for the Vikings. 23-7 yeah. over Packers. I, I, I want to talk about the Vikings first really before we talk about the Packers and their kind of deficiencies but mate he was unstoppable (laughs) and he he hardly lined up in the slot as well everyone said all summer that he would be using the slot more like Cooper Cup and that'd be easier for him no he just lined up outside for every reception but one and got 184 yards two touchdowns yeah exactly I mean it's kind of just like we're gonna put our best on your best and then you're just gonna this is what's going to happen. So it was kind of, it was a really, really good recipe for for the Vikings going forward. I think both me and you had the Packers winning the division, didn't we? But we had the Vikings kind of coming in the playoffs, and we said it was going to be close. But made no, I had the I had the Vikes, mate, for the division. Did you? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, that 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 could be a, a sneaky shout there. Not some more, like I said, the deficiency that the Packers just. The Vikings look great at times, so we'll yeah. we'll see on that. But yeah, Jefferson, absolutely immense. For me, he is the best receiver in football, I think. Yeah, I think I'm probably with you there. He's my favourite, I think, as well. Um, such a good player, such a good player. But yeah, the offence looked good. They did move him around a bit more. But yeah, he didn't get those slot designs that everyone thought he would do. But yeah, still moved him around a lot. Adam Thielen didn't have a very big game either. So there's still scope for this offence to go up. Kirk Cousins managed to win a game that wasn't 6pm our time, so that's nice <laughs> for Kirk. Um, but yeah, Justin Jefferson's incredible. Flipping over to the other side of the ball, what did you make of the Packers in the first game? Because I think the defence at times still did look okay, especially in some big third downs, but obviously they did give up a lot of yardage. And then the offence looked pretty terrible early on, like I think a lot of us thought it might do. Yeah, for sure. They're still coming this sing the Vikings praises to hold them to the time of 23 when you've got Justin Jefferson going off like that and Dalvin Cook were pretty healthy as well so yeah slate of a slight win there for the Packers they played pretty well Key Walker actually he, he played um, quite well as got he was top of the tackle chart for them but on offense mate I feel like this was as advertised for the Packers <laughs> Do you not think? Apart, I think from it that, was probably worse than I thought it was going to be. To be honest, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, we we spoke about the talent that they had, and obviously, it could all be different because Christian Watson dropped that touchdown early, didn't he? Which then he just looked lost for the rest of the game. Sort of thing. He looked scared. I thought the rest of the game. Well, not scared of the actual play. Scared of going back 
awkward sitting next to uh, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> he looked fuming the whole game, I had to say. Yeah, he was absolutely furious when he on the sidelines. So. But yeah, I just, I just didn't think they looked great at all. They was okay on the ground, but you know, AJ Dillon was the 5 for 46 catching. That was kind of your top receiver. Then you're going down, Romeo Dubes, Tonya and Watson, they're all just kind of in the 30 yards. And for me, that's that's kind of not enough. So I'm sure that the Packers will figure it out. But they, they got they got a, like we spoke last time that they, they got a whopping, didn't they? Last last year in game week one. Yeah, but, Saints. So. Yeah. But yeah, 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 they did. Monte Adams then. They don't have him now. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, no, I think they'll be better. I I think I still think that they'll be a comfortable playoff team and. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Well. Yeah, eleven wins and stuff, but. Yeah, it did look a little bit worse from the receivers than I thought. I think it was a bit strange to see them, um, the defensive line run, run over so much by Dalvin Cook. And to be honest, they didn't even overrun that much. They did throw the ball quite a lot and they still managed to get 90 yards rushing from him. So um, that was a bit of strange to see from the defence. But I'll just add that both their left and right tackle, Jenkins and Bakhtiari, were both out for this game. So I think when we can see a game with both the tackles in, I think they'll run the ball even more than they did this week. And then hopefully Aaron Rodgers finds one or two targets that he has a connection with. But um, yeah, early on, it didn't look great. It was a lot of passive-aggressive Aaron Rodgers looks. Um, sometimes as well, he just mopes around and he's not that emotional. It was quite weird actually to see him emotional. Do you know what I mean? There was that scene in the first quarter where he was like screaming at the sideline. And there was the other one where when he dropped the pass, um, Watson, that he looked over and he was almost just like, I told you so, to the bench. And I was just like, oh no, we're going to get a hell of a lot of Aaron Rodgers content. I feel like we probably had a little bit too much Aaron Rodgers content in the last two seasons, but it doesn't look like it's going to stop, I don't think, does it? No, not at all. <laughs> um, nice. And it's not uh, just because I organised the rundown that this is going to be the last person we talk about, but the uh, AFC <laughs> Player of the Week is obviously the best quarterback in football. That's not obviously not Josh Allen. It's Patrick Mahomes. Chiefs win 44-21. Um, but before we talk about the game in general, obviously just wanted to call out Patrick Mahomes' uh, his stats. The Chiefs had ran 66 plays on offense. They had 33 first downs. <laughs> so every other play was a first down, which is absolutely nuts. Uh, and overall, first game since the Tyreek Hill trade, he was 30-39, 390 passing yards, five TDs, zero interceptions, um, the best QBR in the league, and then a 145 passer rating, which is, if anyone doesn't know, is nearly perfect. So, um, yeah, just an incredible performance from him. First drive, they were really good. I think they only punted once. Um, the safety, Justin Reed had to take some kicks because the kicker got injured, so that was quite fun. <laughs> uh, Chris Jones was all over the backfield. George Karloftis played pretty well. Um, but I think Patrick Mahomes and the offense is the story. He's spreading it around, um, and he just looked absolutely incredible uh, for week one. Yeah, for sure. You were right in what you just said there. Spread it around a lot, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Just having I mean, lucky, there was 10 players, that could, well, sorry, nine players, the caught a pass. So, <laughs> yeah, four that, different four different receivers that caught touchdowns. Not receivers, yeah, but four different players that caught um, touchdowns players. as well. Yeah, yeah. Edwards Alaire, nice to see that he got in the end zone a couple of times, didn't he? And Pacheco yeah. was twelve carries, sixty-two. So yeah, all around the Chiefs look great. Uh, we'll see on th- Thursday night. I'm expecting kind of more of the same. I think 
I think the Chiefs looked far more impressive than the Chargers. Oh, don't get my hopes up. No, no I, I, I do. I, whether that happens on a, on a short, I, like I said last week, it's an absolute travesty that this is Thursday. Not, <laughs> I, I reckon it'd be perfect game for week two Sunday night football this week. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, absolutely perfect. Yeah. And no offence to your Eagles, but Eagles Vikings is a little, it's still a good game, but that'd be nice for a uh, Thursday night Amazon game. You've got have, I think Amazon were always going to pick one good game but they've arguably picked the second best game in the AF. I think most people would say that whenever the Bills Chiefs play next, it'll be the biggest game because yeah, of the, sure. how, how it finished last year. I think Chiefs Chargers is probably the next biggest game, and to have that on first game is massive. But yeah, I feel like it is a little bit of a letdown. It's going to be a killer for work on Friday, but um, we'll see. But yeah, 44 points looked good. Cardinals scored in um, kind of garbage time. Um, but yeah, Chiefs looked really good. Uh, I think the off the only worry for me, something to watch for people do stay up on Thursday. Uh, I thought the offensive line was not great for the Chiefs at times. Uh, Trey Smith got injured, so we had to have a backup right guard come in. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes got hit. He didn't get sacked because he never, hardly ever gets sacked, but he got hit a lot. And he actually, on one of the hits, fell down and looks like he's really damaged his left wrist. So he's going to be probably wearing a strap or a cast on his left wrist now. So much so that when he handed the ball off to run right, he had to use his right hand. And that did look really weird because it wastes almost half a second because he has to hand the ball the wrong way around. Um, but yeah, I felt like Mahomes got hit a lot in the first half by goal. And this isn't a great pass rush. And obviously the Chargers pass rush from Thursday is a lot better. So we'll see. It could just be one game. But Orlando Brown and Clyde Edwards-Alaire and then the backup right guard that came in, um, all kind of whiffed on pass protection a few times, but obviously didn't didn't matter for the game. Um, and for fantasy owners, I just had Travis Kelsey as well. Uh, 121 yards, a touchdown for eight receptions, led the week again for tight end scoring. And the next player after him was like Gerald Everett. So again, it praised to draft Travis Kelsey, I think, in fantasy drafts, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you managed to get him in any. We're in a lot of leagues together, and I tend to uh, draft him quite early, so I think I might have pipped you to a few, him a few I times. I have got him in a couple of um, dynasties that I've got still going, but I didn't. don't think I drafted him at all this summer. I had a woeful, a woeful night in fantasy football. Though, so. <laughs> I, had a, I had some really good ones. There's one league where I have Josh Allen, um, Stefan Diggs, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Travis Kelsey, and that's just a write-off if I played that weekend. Um, But yeah, I had one league where I scored like hardly any points. I think Dak was my starting quarterback. So uh, yeah, one league I can confirm went terribly. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. Isaiah Pacheco fantasy stocks are uh, on an all-time high right now, if you want to. Cool. And that is it for the review pod. Uh, Plan is we can't record normal time this week because Patrick is going away. Um, so we're going to try and record on Wednesday, release the preview episode Wednesday night. So we'll talk about Thursday night football on Wednesday, whereas normally we'd probably talk about it at the end of this episode, but we'll, we'll, we'll leave it to Wednesday. And then I'll have to find a, a guest mate to, um, to talk with next, uh, next week. But fortunately, at least you'll hopefully get to make your own picks this time. Cause last year, every time a guest made your picks, it didn't end well for you. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you get to make your own picks this week. Yeah, as I'm on five points at the moment. <laughs> hey, you could be six. You could be six tonight. Um, fi- final thoughts on that one? You still confident with your, uh, your Broncos to, minus after, six? After, after what I've seen in week one, mate, I am not confident <laughs> at all. <laughs> I'm confident we'll see some bad offense. I, I can I can almost guarantee that. But we'll see you win. So I've got Seahawks plus six. You've got Broncos minus six. So everyone enjoy Monday Night Football. Um, we'll be back Wednesday to preview everything for week two. Uh, remember to go follow us at GoFor2Pod, to be in the number two. Go follow Patrick at, at MuggsNFL, and we will speak to you soon. Yeah, speak to you soon, everyone.